This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Gohan from Dragon Ball Super, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Excuse me, Gohan, this is more of a narrator type thing. Uh, okay. Just do it more like a next time on Talk Time Live. Uh, next time on Talk Time Live. Don't quit your day job, Gohan. It's time. Talk time. Let's go. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Live. Started in the 80s with Matt Cross. Dudes in the hood might have called that soft, but I carried that cross like Jesus did. Fast forward, I teach the kids to learn how to let go, live life, and show love to all things that don't matter where y'all from and luckily there's a show called talk time we've been waiting for this for a long time Dax kicks the facts on all the geek news special guests and unbiased reviews suburban kids the hipster street dudes all can learn something new me too i heard words with no faith is empty i stayed the course though my haters tempt me beat the podcast that'll make them envy it ain't too trendy it's acmg anime comics movies and games to come on and let's get it talk time anime comics movies and games to come on and let's get it talk time anime comics movies and games to come on and let's get it talk time anime comics movies and games to come on and let's get it talk time Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Journal of My Life that covers all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the Prime Show. I am your host, Xavier Josiah. Ah, I am back. I am finally back. I am still recovering from what was five days of grueling fun. And I, yes, that is appropriate to say, grueling fun, mostly because it was a lot of fun. But man, it was a lot to do. It was a lot to go to and places to be. And, you know, oh, I, I, you know, I think by the third day of New York Comic Con, I was on a second tank of empty, but I made it through. I enjoyed myself. A lot of great, memorable moments uh, that we're going to talk about in this episode. This episode is totally on everything that I went through and experienced during the weekend of uh, Comic Con. Now, I know some of you might be asking, why didn't you do this during? Why didn't you do a live stream or whatever like that? I'm not really big on that, you know, because that means I have to bring in more equipment and all that stuff. And I already bring enough equipment. Like, unlike other people who just use, they, like, they just use basically, like, social media to stream and get over and all that stuff. I like production quality. I like to do things right. I like to, you know, I don't like to cheapen the, the experience or anything. You know, I cover everything. That's why, you know, I get to have the media privileges that I have because when the guys at Repop see what comes out of it and what I do, they appreciate it because it looks quality. So I get a chance to, you know, get 
exclusive footage that I, I can get. You know, I'm allowed to, you know, take video footage. I'm allowed to take pics of the events. I'm at, I'm literally up at front row and stuff like that. So I want to make sure that I bring the best that I could possibly bring to give you an understanding and, and visual of the experience that I have and an audio experience that I have too. So, you know, I just recently put out a video of the highlights of this year's New Year Comic Con and more because it wasn't just New York Comic Con, but it was a celebration all around New York, including the one piece uh, display that they went and totally read for, you know, and, you know, to promote the new film Red that's coming out soon. And that I, I, I can't wait to talk about that experience. That was just unbelievable. That was just incredible. So we're going to cover all that in this episode. And I think the only thing other than that I will talk about is She-Hulk because that was one of the biggest things that happened right before everything started happening with New York Comic Con and all the events and the news and everything. But I will say this, New York Comic Con, it didn't go off perfect, I would say. There were some bumps in the road, but for the most part, and I think it was, some of it was uncontrolled by them. There was, you know, it was beyond their abilities to do. Um, some things that can use a little bit of improvement too, but for the most part, they put on a incredibly strong event. Um, really majority of the people were, you know, having fun. I heard, I actually really didn't hear, but so many complaints, like virtually if I put a percentage on it, it'd be like 2% of complaints, you know, all around of that part. But for the most part, it was such an enjoyable experience, not only just at the con, but outside of the con as well. Like I said, the, uh, the Times Square display with, um, with the, with the one piece thing and what it was happening there to just me and my wife, just going around New York and just trying to find new food places, you know, foodie places to eat. So we were just enjoying ourselves immensely there. And, you know, thank you to repop for the opportunity once again, to be at this event. This is definitely like, if you've never been to New York comic-con, I mean, you know, or you've never been to San Diego comic-con, but you wanted to be at a big event and you're in the East coast, my God, repop will give it to you like new york comic-con it, it it was even bigger this year so it was just much bigger and people were able to enjoy it i don't even know if they were ready for the impact that they were had because remember this is post-pandemic so you know I, and i hate to say post-pandemic because we're really still going through but it's far and away what it was two years ago and let alone it was it's even far and away what it was last year last year was kind of a filler you know what we went through and it wasn't as many people but this year people are a little bit more comfortable with coming out this year and you know it a lot more people came out this year so much more of an enjoyable experience and i think it's just going to get better as the years go by so kudos to them and thank you for the opportunity once again for just everything since we've you know come together and and did this i just i'm i'm very honored and humbled by the opportunities to be able to be a part of this thing so folks let's not waste any time we're going to go into the next segment and talk about what's new in the world of acmg where we're going to talk about everything that i went through during the week of all things anime comics movies and games and let's do that right now and now it's time to find out what's new in the world of acmg All 
right, so like I said, I'm on a second tank of empty this week. I just, it's so much that is going on. I'm now regaining my strength. My foot is getting back together. I'm just resting up right now because it was, it was a lot. This was the ultimate, ultimate weekend for all things anime, comics, movies, and games here in the East Coast. And like I said, Repop did this week justice. Um, like I said, not all perfect, but strong, very, very strong year. And it probably, you know, it was, it was overwhelming for everybody. I'm pretty sure. But what was done was some epic things. We've got a lot of epic things. TMZ covered a lot of it, you know, especially with the uh, Back to the Future panel, you know, reuniting uh, Michael J. Fox with um, with Christopher Lloyd, which was a beautiful thing. I wish I would have made that um, that one. But again, this was just one of those things. I couldn't make all panels. You can virtually you can't make them all. <laughs> it's impossible for everybody because always there's always a a panel overlapping another panel um especially when you got them reserved like the mindy killings um panel for velma which i actually wanted to see and i wanted uh my wife to see we we couldn't because the super mario panel was overlapping that and they wouldn't allow us to go to both you know to because you'd have to make it to one or the other so it, it just it, it became impossible but i knew i had to see the super mario panel because I knew that was going to be shown around the world. That was going to be exclusive. And, it, and to see a live Nintendo Direct <laughs> happening where every where hundreds and hundreds of people. To, somebody said the, the Empire stage capacity is, a, uh, is at a thousand. I feel like it's more. I really, really do. I, I, oh, I really do. Because the panel that I did here in Philly at the convention center here in Philly um with keystone comic-con built up to the brim of three almost up to 300 people and that didn't look like if you multiply that three to four times it it's it still doesn't look like it's going to fill up the amount of people that i saw at the uh at the at the java center empire stage and again you can look at the actual footage on uh soon on talktimelive.com i haven't posted it up yet i posted it on the acmg group so if you're on the acmg group you can see it on air right now and i have it on my youtube channel viewfinders isad you can see it there um but it's not it's not on talktimelive.com uh, yet and it will be very soon possibly by today or tomorrow because i'm still working on articles but i digress you can see the crowd and it's so many people there um and i was on i was in empire stage a lot this year uh covering a lot of the big events and mostly because they were reserved and for those who don't know reservations was the system that they were doing um and this is a system where basically you reserve your um the opportunity to get in early and get some great seats at these panels and if you don't you got to go into the standby line i i highly recommend everybody go do reservations because it was such it there was there was still a line to wait but it wasn't nearly as long as it was for the uh standby line but to repop's credit they were still easily able to assimilate the re the reserved um fans in and assimilate the standbys as the fans were going in so they could wait so they did i thought they did a really smooth job in that process there was no issues with any of the panels that i went to uh with that system so i think the system actually works pretty damn well in my opinion 
So, um, but we were able to get into this one and my God, I'm so glad we did because as many times as I've ever watched Nintendo Direct and loved Nintendo Direct, this one was very special because one, it was live in front of all these people and to see a Nintendo Direct live and it was, you know, you saw Miyamoto, you saw the video showcase and you know, they're acknowledging that this is being seen around the world live all at once in unison, but also that you know this is being shown exclusively at new york comic-con it was awesome it was really awesome and the hearing the crowd roar at the at the sound of miyamoto acknowledging all of the fans in new york comic-con is watching it right now it was awesome and then we got to see the actual trailer and i am very excited about this movie so excited about this movie um as we now know or we know we got bowser who's being played by jack black um, which I think is perfect. I mean, absolutely perfect for this role. One, he looks like him. Two, he sounds like him. Three, he's metal. Bowser's metal. Makes all the sense in the world. So I like the fact that he's playing that role. We also got Keegan-Michael Key as Toad, which I think is hilarious. And of course, Chris Pratt has been said to be the voice of Mario. Recently, there was some bit of a social media issue with the idea of him playing Mario, mostly by Tara Strong. I, you know, it never dawned on me that anybody would have issue with this, but Tara, Tara Strong actually, um, you know, was defending her friend Charles Martinet, who actually is the prominent and iconic voice of Mario, saying that he should have taken that role. I don't see any issue with Chris Pratt playing Mario, but I also don't blame her for saying that. You know, he, the one thing that we never got a chance to really hear and see is Charles Martinet actually play Mario and a, a full voice Mario. They never gave him that opportunity to play a fully voiced Mario. And I think that to me would have, this would have been a great honor for him to, to do especially for the idea that we recently um, uh, watched him perform on Dragon Ball Super Superhero, you know, as a character on there. He did awesome on that movie. Of all movies not to be a part of, why not that? You know, I think he was more than deserving to, to finally take on the role. I don't see too many issues. They're really, I, people haven't found an issue with it. People are making issues with it. But I, I right now I am um I I really just don't see a problem with it right now. Here's the other thing too. I get it. Charles Martinet has been the voice of Mario's, you know, Mario for years, for decades, for oh, virtually forever. We gotta remember, he was not the first. He was absolutely not the first to do it. Actually, the first voice of Mario? Actually, that even I can't even say this um because hold on that's not even true either I'm looking up something right now cartoon uh 1983 in 1983 there was a Donkey Kong cartoon and actually the original voice of Mario was none other than Optimus Prime himself Peter Cullen so, and then later on in the Super Mario Brothers Super Show, 
it was it was uh Captain Lou Albano, the you know old school wrestler. So Charles Martinet became Mario in 1992 doing the pinball machine. Now this is what I think that I, I don't believe that um, Tara Strong realizes this, but I she's defending all of the work that he's put into, and I do agree. I would not. I would absolutely. If they said, if they asked fans, would you want Charles Martinet Martinet to play the role? Hell yes, without a doubt. Do I mind Chris Pratt playing it? No, I don't because I understand that why he is. And it's like we can't argue this, but we also got over the idea that um we got different you know batman roles for the animated you know uh movies um we everybody wanted kevin conroy to play batman forever because still to this day he is the perfect batman but it was not meant to be forever like so when tara is arguing about that point it's hard to argue that point when we've gotten so many other variations of mario before charles is the prominent an iconic version but the, this, the irony of this is that he's only iconic because he's only you hear his voice but he's not really speaking actual roles and stuff like that so it's it's a hard thing it's a it's a double-edged sword with that um like i said kevin Con like the recent um superman and batman super sons movie that i'll be talking about shortly um Ke what is it kevin uh troy baker is playing Batman and he's the closest to Kevin Conroy as you can get <laughs> in that role and people were a little bit torn about the idea that Kevin Conroy was not playing that role and other people were playing the roles of Batman but people have gotten over it in time because you know everybody has it forever I mean this it's, it's a constant thing and it depends on the situation I wouldn't like it if anybody changed um, anybody, any iconic voice. Like Sean Schimmel is not the first Goku, and he acknowledged it himself. He's he said it himself. I got video footage of him saying that, acknowledging that. But he also knows that taking that on that role, he needed to give his all to it. I wouldn't want Molly Flanagan to be replaced. She's she's awesome, but the difference between Charles Martinet and those those who I mentioned. They had prominent speaking roles. Charles Martinet didn't, but I again, it goes back to the idea of, I would love for him to get the opportunity to have more speaking roles to the character. Like, how would he actually sound? Because all we hear from Charles's, you know, lines is, woohoo, or it's it a me. You know, it's, that's all you hear. So I don't know what direction they went to, but, Tara, Tara Strong was the only person I really, really heard from it. And then everybody who's following her to talk about it, you know, wanted to. But, you know, it, it's you got to take it by case by cases. Are people really mad about the idea that he's not playing that role? Or it, are they just looking for something to be argumentative about or, or just want to debate something or be contrarian about? I think. This, the movie is still going to be awesome. I think that the uh, the anticipation for it is going to be awesome. And who doesn't love Chris Pratt? And I think that's why they really went for it there. The trailer, from my perspective, in the audience of the Empire stage, people were absolutely excited. You could hear the crowd roaring. 
like crazy. And then on top of that, after the trailer was shot and shown, we got a surprise. There was a throne at the top. And I'm telling my wife, I'm like, I'm telling you, somebody's coming out. There's, they're not doing a panel for a trailer live in Empire Stage and somebody's not coming out. There's no way. And I was right because although I was wrong, it wasn't Chris Pratt. It was, in fact, Jack Black who came out and uh, talked about the movie as well. And, you know, we got to see the trailer again that he didn't get a chance to see. And it was awesome. His his he was his appearance was just incredible. I got some great shots from that panel as well, which you'll see soon on TalkToMLive.com. And it's on the video as well. If you're an ACMG group, you have already seen a pic of it, of the event and such. It was just awesome. He was great. And I swear, like he was looking directly at my camera. When I took it. it was awesome. But uh, that was a great start to the con and got everybody up and running and happy. And then it was, you know, heard all over, the, you know, the trailer got was trending all over the place and everything. So it was, it was pretty dope. So in addition to that, we also got some really cool swag out of this whole thing. Everybody who attended the panel got these commemorative t-shirts uh, with which awesome t-shirts and all of them are large. I love it. I like, yes, they have my size. I love this. So we got, I got two of them because my wife is not wearing the other one. So I might hang that up or frame that up or something like that. I might do something cool with that one. But what was so cool about this shirt and I, again, if you're in an ACMG Facebook group, and if you want to be a part of the ACMG Facebook group, because there's a lot of exclusive things that I post out and everything there and people have conversations about, you know, it's a Facebook group, guys. But this one has a lot of exclusivity that other ones don't. But if you want to check it out and if you have a legit page and if you answer all the questions right, you will get in and you go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash ACMG one and fill out the forms properly because you were not letting everybody in just on some stupid answers or whatever like that we want real fans we want people who want to make real friends and enjoy themselves you know doing this so a lot of people saw the t-shirts but it has a it has it's a black t-shirt first of all i dig that and the t-shirt has bowser's claw coming out in the front but there's a back of it that has super mario brothers uh, uh super mario brothers movie on the back and then on the side is new york comic-con they're like really exclusive you won't get it anywhere else it's one of those like uh i was there type shirts like just like with the cm punk shirt when uh everybody when he uh first premiered in chicago and everybody was like you know i was it had i was there in the back or whatever like that it, it's like that i finally got one of those type of t-shirts <laughs> so that's that was pretty awesome so that was a great way to start off the uh the con from there um like i said i didn't get a chance to see the velma panel but i will damn sure go watch the um the film as well also this was the week i guess it was planned absolutely planned that this that last week was the week that they kind of they revealed that velma is uh lesbian which i think is awesome uh I, I really liked the way that they handled it and did it on the uh, trailer to the new Scooby-Doo um, animated movie that's coming out soon. So I really it's all, I, I can't wait to see that. It was really it was so cute how she was like gawking at the uh, girl that she was uh, digging in there. So that's awesome right there. Um, Friday, I got to see some panel. I got to see another panel as well it was the uh, Batman and Superman Battle of the Super Sons um, world premiere. We actually got to see the entire movie 
followed by a Q&A panel right after that. Now, I didn't stay completely for the panel, but I stayed long enough for the movie. And I will tell you this. Um, many people were kind of skeptical. Of course, there's a lot of cynical people out there for the cynical people that are always cynical about every single thing. And I'm going to tell you, I love this. First of all, Super Sons was one of the actual comic books from DC that I actually enjoyed along with like Titans or whatever. Um, Super Sons was so good because one, I love the dynamic between Jonathan and, and Damien and Damien mostly because he kind of has that Vegeta vibe. You know, he's like, he's Batman. He's like, if Batman and Vegeta had a kid, that's Damien Wayne <laughs> right there. So this, I was, I was so digging that they were doing this movie and it lived up in my opinion, the CGI art style which is a first for dc animation i thought did very well um damien of course did not disappoint and the crowd you heard everybody in the crowd when damien came out the crowd went crazy in in the audience uh this was in the main stage too this wasn't an empire stage it was just showing a main stage which is like if you've been to san diego comic-con main the main stage which i think was one of their primary stages at one point before they built empire um the main stage is now they're like ballroom 22 in san diego it's kind of like that um but it uh the movie was awesome i really loved the movie i can't wait the only thing my only gripe about the movie and i will we will enjoy this thoroughly i will talk about this thoroughly when it comes out i'll re-review this and thoroughly talk about it um I, the voice of superman i wasn't really particularly you know big fan of i thought he was like it was the old school way of doing a Superman voice, uh, which was kind of, you know, kind of look hokey in a, in a certain way, but it was like overly masculine. Um, Troy Baker returns as the voice of Batman in here. And of course, he's Troy Baker. He's going to channel the Kevin Conroy out of this. And he did a great job with that. But this is going to be a movie that you're going to want to add to your collection. Uh, I thought it was awesome. I thought the animation looked great. I thought the uh, performances, although I wasn't particularly liking the voice portrayal of Superman, it was still all good. But the plot and everything, which I'll go into detail when this comes out, just fantastic. I would say get ready to add this to your collection because what we saw in there was awesome. Um, then it was Saturday. Oh boy, Saturday. Saturday was insane. And I mean, absolutely insane. We got a chance you check out the one piece film red panel we got a chance to see the trailer with the english dub uh cast on there what was so awesome about this panel was that you had the cast of the japanese and um american cast in there as well uh chris sabbath colleen uh clinkberg uh goro tanaguchi who is the director of the uh of uh the movie and i believe some of these series as well uh hiroki uh shibata who is the producer ian sinclair of course who plays brock um chris abbott of course uh, i believe plays zaro uh kyle kaden i believe is one of the producers as well lucy christian uh who plays nami as well C lucy christian i had the pleasure of uh, interviewing last year or doing a panel with last year virtually Sonny Strait, who of course is Krillin on Dragon Ball Z, but he's also Usopp in here. And then you had Shinji Shimizu in full Marine garb. Uh, I got to tell a story about Shinji uh, Shimizu 
as well. And as when we talk about um, the Times Square panel situation. So um, that was awesome. That was pretty much awesome because we, I, again, I got uh, footage that I will be seeing on talktownlive.com uh, very, very soon. Hopefully by today, uh, if you're listening to this on um, Wednesday the, uh, the 12th. Absolutely awesome event. You got to see it, um, see them talk about the movie. I'm anticipating the movie. It looks fantastic. And then on top of that, we get the Times Square display later on. So to get a chance to see all of these guys in the panel, you know, uh, at once was a great thing because we don't get a chance to see the people behind the um, movies as often coming to America. So that was a great deal. So they 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 interviewed the Japanese uh, crew first and then the American cast came out to do their panel as well. And then by the end, they all did, of course, a collab where we could all take pictures of them and everything. It was really a great deal. So that was exciting. People were excited about that, but people were really excited later on when we got a chance to watch the first episode of Bleach the Thousand Year Blood War, which you can now see on Hulu. It's now available on Hulu. People thought that it was going to be shown on on Disney Plus. No, it's it's on Hulu, technically owned by still Disney because <laughs> they own it. But it was absolutely I watched it yesterday. I, I rewatched it again for the second time yesterday. I still got emotional watching the very beginning of the of the episode, mostly because of my experience watching it live in Empire Stage in front of everybody. There were hundreds and I mean hundreds of people packed into the Empire Stage watching this and I'm watching this episode and enjoying this episode with these with these fans in the same respect of watching a Marvel movie because these fans got so excited if you recently watched bleach the thousand year blood war and you saw the intro when everybody was introduced and you know um the hollows was killing off you know some of the um the soul society members and then ichigo and um and all the crew came in and you know they introduced everybody every time they introduced a new character the people got so hyped and it was so emotional and I got a kind of a little bit emotional watching it yesterday, but it just, it still was because of my memory. I'm thinking back of what I experienced when Ichigo came out and they did the title um, graphic for Ichigo. It just went like Ichigo is rock star. <laughs> now it was like whatever you put, fill in like BTS, fill in any rock, you know, band or rock star, you know, that you came in at that in because that's the type of excitement that you heard in that stage people were so excited to see these guys back you know, on the forefront um and when he said bankai and is in his signature uh you know finishing move or whatever like that people were just ecstatic as like ichigo is a real dude <laughs> it was incredible it was a great experience watching that first episode with um with the crew and um Man, it was just, it was fantastic. Now that is the only panel that I didn't get exclusive video because they didn't really do anything with that panel in terms of getting cast members out or anything. Like, unfortunately, Johnny Young Bush or Stephanie Shea or Michelle Ruff never came out for some reason, or they never got them to come to the rate. I wish they did, because that would have been awesome for them to do. Uh, I don't know what the deal is. I actually 
I, let's just say I heard from a friend who has been involved with Viz video and I was told that they kind of do things differently that when it comes to stuff like this, um, let's let, let's just put it like that. I don't I'm, I'm just going to I'm just going to put it in that phrase. So, um, but it was it was really cool. It was really exciting. I think it would have really kicked off if we would have saw like those guys. But the problem was, is I think also one of the reasons, too, is because the dub I don't think is done yet. And it could be that they're working on the dub as well, because we saw the uh, the subtitled version, the Japanese um, voice version of it. So that could be also the reason as well. But it would have been awesome to see because we're they're they're coming back as those characters and i knew they were we knew they were they knew they were we couldn't talk about it last year <laughs> when i did the panel with them but we knew that that was going to happen so we we kind of went around asking about their excitement about that deal so we we kind of knew that that was going to be a situation there um but it was i would say aside from the mario movie panel that was possibly second biggest panel that i've been to with the crowd reaction i'm sure if i was at the back to the future panel i'm sure that would have got that got a huge 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 reaction from the crowd and it got a huge reaction from media because like i said tmz covered it a few other um media outlets covered it as well great great for uh repop man absolutely great for repop you got the video game world talking about you know um the super mario movie and now you got the um, you got all the other people, you know, you know, in the media world talking about everything else that went on. That is good. Repop. Let me tell you. Let me tell you the difference between repop and, and, and other cons like Anime New York. <laughs> OK, last year, Anime New York got popped. They got on social media. I mean, they got in the media um, world, not for the reason that they want. They got in because their lines were crappy and and i think did they have another one again i think it got better this year because they were a little bit more organized but last year was a disaster for them because the lines it, it was like five hours for the lines and then on top of that the variant there was a it was ground zero for the new COVID variant over there so that's not the publicity that they wanted this is the publicity that they wanted new york comic-con like i said i had full trust in repop i've worked with these guys I've seen these guys at work. They do a great job. Like I said, never perfect, but for the most part. And here's the thing to anybody who complains about Repop not doing this or that. You know, there's some things you can you can always defend and always mention. But at the end of the day, is it worth complaining about if you don't have the ability to make the correction yourself? Like, yes, I get it. You pay. We pay lots of money to have all this fun and i get it but trust me you put yourself on the other side of them you will not be complaining as much it, i would say to anybody who's ever worked retail or any type of you know service you know of, you know retail service or whatever you should not be complaining about anything because if you know how hard it is to work in a retail job then to work in events planning is even three times as hard as that so to try to pull it off and, and the misconception that everything's going to be perfect it's huge misconception i would say if you don't like what you see help out 
become the solution. Don't just complain and then walk away because that's entitlement. That's stupid entitlement right there. That That's that's you not helping the problem. We They're trying to help make sure you get a great time. You know, try to help them by making sure say like, well, maybe you should do this or learn how they do it to really say, oh, maybe that wouldn't work anyway. Now that I think about it, it wouldn't work. There's always rhyme or reason for what they do and rhyme or reason for what these companies do. Some people do it to the best of their abilities. Some people don't put a lot of thought into it and it becomes disastrous. But I'm saying if you really want things to be better, then become the solution. Definitely become the solution because it's trust me, it's not easy for what them or anybody does. Not even anybody who puts together a con. OK, just say and to Repop's credit, they do a damn good job at what they at what they do and putting all this together. So trust me when I tell you that Mortal Kombat um, Snowblind got a chance to see the trailer for that. But I actually the actual movie ended up coming out anyway. So I ended up watching it on the way home. And guess what? Early notice this Sunday on its on a prime show. I will be reviewing that because we're celebrating 30 years of Mortal Kombat anyway. And the Snowblind movie has already come out. So we get a chance to uh, give my thoughts on it because I had high hopes for this one as opposed that I did to the other ones that they came out with. And um, we'll talk about that this Sunday. So stay tuned for that. My only disappointment, and this is not Repop's fault. This is whatever happened happened i got a i got a reason to believe is it's most likely probably some um scheduling issues regarding the guest uh of the panel but the thundercats panel the cast of the thundercats was supposed to be um on that on saturday and something happened where like in just seconds just only seconds notice that the staff that were guiding us in and we were all established waiting to see the the cast of thundercats there then we got noticed and people started noticing that changes to the apps was happening and it was taken out and we got noticed cause some people, some of us didn't get Wi-Fi reception in this area. It was blocked off for some people. Um, other people, some people did get, you know, um, Wi-Fi, and apparently there was a notice saying that, you know, the, that panel was postponed till Sunday, which I was like, okay, that's interfering with things that I got to do. So I probably won't be able to, you know, do that one per se. Um, it was unfortunate because I really wanted to see the cast of Thundercats there in, in that arena, but people were able to, see, I, I felt really bad for the cosplayers and the people who only had, um, one day passes. Those are the ones that I'm really, i really felt bad about, but you know, I, these things rare, it's a rarely, it, these things rarely happen. You know, the, these things rarely happen and it's unfortunate, um, but they at least they postponed that and they still did it as opposed to just completely canceling it, period. So, you know, it, it's unfortunate, but it's just one of those things there. The last panel I did on, uh, I, I attended on Sunday was the Oscar Isaac panel. Also a very hot crowd of people. Uh, and again, it's all on the video that I put together the highlight video for this year. You'll see people having a great time out there. They, you know, the, uh, the, the, the crowd height. I, I don't know what the hell they call these guys. Um, they got people who are out to hype the crowd, you know, to get them out before, you know, the uh, panelists or whatever comes out. And, um, it was really well done. They did a great job. I think it was a little, I think they were a little late. Uh, getting in or at Oscar Isaac was getting a little late because I know he was also doing photo ops and, and um, 
what was that photo ops and and uh and autographs too uh and i remember this because i remember jurist um i mean uh, um fred tattashore and charlotte chung were a little late during the during my panel too and because they were doing that but once they got in the crowd was still ready they were excited they were ready to go it was just awesome it was absolutely fantastic and um great great oh got some great i got so many great pics of that event um we got a chance to uh hear from them uh hear from him and talk about his work on star wars talk about his work on um this new comic or on, on moon Knight as well but also this new comic book uh that he's working on as well uh who is he working with i got let me see the completed version here. yeah so he um put this up brian uh uh buxelato i believe is his name and christian war brian uh is the writer for head wound sparrow and christian ward was also there who's the comic artist for the deal and we got to see a trailer of it that um oscar isaac is behind and doing and working with them on so it's awesome to see that we got actors who are also into graphic novels and comics and all this stuff because these are the people that we need to do these movies these are the people that need to do these these comic book tv shows we need actual fans doing things that they are fans of you know this is why i love about this era and why people need to stop complaining all the time about everything that they see because i mean yeah if you watch some of the things i could even say this even dc films as much as it that whole thing has been a pro is problematic i would still watch a dc film even shazam way before i would watch movies in the 90s in the late 80s because those were so bad <laughs> just production wise it was just so bad in comparison like dc films is watchable at best and the rest of it is like from the 90s just so bad but like they do a really good job and now we got more fans that are actually involved in these you know deals so it's like really great to see oscar isaac you know be immersed into the graphic novel world as well as still doing that and we are getting a season two of moon knight it has been confirmed he has said it himself and uh i'm looking very much forward to that but people were so excited there were cosplayers as moon knight and other characters from moon knight as well and they're just great so the panels that i went to were just outstanding and uh i wish i could have gone to more but between the timing and my feet we wouldn't be able to make that happen um the other thing too is that there was i got a little bit more access to cosplayers this year um not every time i think i when it comes to cosplayers on at, at the con scene you get what you get because if unless you're out there all the time specifically to get cosplayers you will get some of the very best of cosplays out there every time i think i got some really awesome ones the really great ones come in and then is always miss out on the championship the, the cosplay championship competition one of these years i will not miss one of these things <laughs> i think the next time if i go to san diego again or if i go to new york again whichever if i do then i will absolutely make it account to go to these championship competitions because i am i i, I always miss out on the top tier elite level cosplayers and every once in a while i do catch one or two 
but in, in the ones that I think that are really good, there's always something that's extremely better out there. But the ones I got this year, I thought was really great. And I got quite a bit of uh, cosplayers this year. One in particular was also special because it was one of our ACMG members. And this gentleman, uh, and I hope he's listening because I got a chance to, um, I got a chance to uh, meet him finally. I think we tried to meet last year and it didn't happen. This year we made it a point to do so, and it was during the thunder. It was right after the Thundercats panel when they we found out that it was, um, you know, postponed. That we texted each other and we actually met. I'm looking for him because I really never. He doesn't show himself on the ACMG Facebook group. Uh, he has a picture of his adorable daughter on there, but I'm trying to look for this dude. My wife notices like, oh look, who's that? I'm like, oh that's Arco, <laughs> and it's his per. It's a cosplayer dressed like Arco had no idea that that was my man <laughs> and as a fact Devin Carter my man shout out to him got a chance to meet him and um man it was awesome it was fantastic I thought he did a great job in the Oracle costume I got a, pictures of him he's on the ACMG Facebook group as well um it was a great way to introduce himself and it just made me so happy like one of my members we get to I always get I always I'm always happy when I get to see some of the people I talk to on the ACMG Facebook group in real life because it's a different atmosphere. It's a different feeling. We're seeing each other face to face and the the context is different. When you're talking online, it it's so much missing. That's why it's like social media is never perfect. It's far from perfect. You know, we never get a chance to really see each other. I think that's what's missing from social media. It's just like the visual aspect. I mean, yeah, you could do it on Zoom or whatever like that, but I just feel like it would be so much better if we could find a way to actually talk with each other face to face, you know, and, uh, I, and, and, and no, the metaverse sucks. It, we, we don't need that. We really don't need the metaverse at all. It, it's just another way to, it's an incension, it, you know, it's an, um, that's an incension. It's an exception of us going deeper into a virtual world without seeing us in real life. I don't want to go that deep. I don't want to go nearly that deep. Mark, you can keep your legs. You can keep all that stuff. I'm not getting in. No, let it. How about we meet each other in the real world? Okay. Like that's not me sounding old fashioned. That's me sounding realistic from a psychological standpoint. We do not need to get deeper into the virtual world by going into this thing. Like that's further isolating each other. I'd rather have to meet people like uh, Devin in the real world and have great conversations and enjoy and everything that we enjoy together and all this stuff, you know, it was awesome. So Devin, you're listening. Awesome to meet you, man. It was fantastic. I really enjoyed it and great job on the uh, Arco costume showing your fandom and showing one of my all time favorites <laughs> as well. Um, shout out to my man, Pete too. Um, I've, I got a chance to see my man, Pete Morton. He's old, not only just a great friend, but, um, old college buddy of mine and roommate. My God, we've been through so much. He was there as well with his family and my other friend, Kim, who I didn't unfortunately get a chance to see due to, you know, timing issues. But, you know, it was just great to see everybody, you know, as many people as possible there as well. So and of course, my uh, my crew from um, Repop as well. You know, Camilla, you know, shout out to her. Who, my God, she she such a workhorse. <laughs> I freaking love her, man. She is awesome. So after all of their festivities on Saturday, there was Saturday night 
and again thanks to Devin Carter who put it out there by the way I got a chance to be a part of something so crazy and so awesome um I I'd never forget now every time I watch the video back of the footage that I took of this I smile because it was just so much fun Times Square was going to turn red in honor of the one piece uh film red movie coming out in November and it was so awesome we're in the middle of Times Square. We're in a bitch. And shout out to the dude with the flag. If you, when you see the footage, you see the pictures. You're gonna see the dude with the uh, straw hat, with the straw hat um, pirates uh, flag. He was our beacon, pretty much. He was. We knew we were in the right place. We were walking to see to find the bench area in Times Square where we could see everything just great. And I, that was my idea. I wanted to take video footage and pictures of everything that was at that at that area. And my God, it was so awesome. It was so worth it. And thanks to him, we got front row center of everything that happened. It was packed. It looked like if you ever watched the New York, the uh, New Year's Eve and in and, uh, and New York, we were literally center from the ball dropping of the deal where they, and it was, you'll see the pictures, you'll see the footage. It was so freaking packed. You could tell it was a big weekend in New York. That can't be, that cannot be normal New York. By the way, New York traffic is the worst. It's the absolute worst. If you're listening and you're from Philadelphia, pretty much be proud of your driving. If you feel like that driving sucks that day, I want you to think about New York because they need traffic cops that hold their hands just across the street. And if you're listening to New York, you cannot deny this. That, that for five days and I, I i get it there were probably over two hundred fifty thousand more people in new york this for the last few days still i i really no there's no way now what was crazy about new york traffic is that how is it that nobody gets into accidents even the bikers the people on bikes are just whizzing through these things people are like you know, e, e um e skates, uh e skateboards or whatever like that, just whizzing down the street and everything with no worries. I don't that it's an art form in itself. But I digress. We got up to Times Square. We got up on a bench area, and it was fantastic. Um, there was a bunch of cosplayers and you know fans up there at the front at the top, dressed as Luffy, dressed as Law, dressed as um shank dressed as like so many other people and they were trying to find other cosplayers as well well that's not all who was there we also had both uh i believe goro shinji and uh hero were also at that event i know because i actually got a picture of shinji um shimizu as well not the best picture in the world because um Hiroki actually um took the picture and it was like he didn't focus it properly but i still got the picture anyway i just thought it was funny that he did that um but it was awesome it was a great event the everybody was there to watch it and then we got to see it and the you know people were just shouting out one piece one piece one piece and we got to see the display and everything i was talking to a guy there who was with his wife as well and we were talking about i think he was he was a part of media as well but I was talking to him like, yeah, this is a big deal. It may be, it may be a, just a small feature, but 
the significance of anime being displayed on Times Square like this is a major deal for anime. It's it really tells you how mainstream it has gotten because you would never take anything like this seriously in the 80s and 90s and nobody thought that it was going to be. And no, this is very telling how anime has gotten into for you to be not only just in, it's, it's 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 great to be in one screen in Times Square. That's awesome to be a display on multiple screens in the center of 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 Times Square. That speaks volumes for what's going on with anime right now. Volumes. Okay. It was worth it. I thought the the gang behind us was just awesome. And every time I watched that footage, I just smiled because they were the funny part was they were so wilding out and geeking out, but they weren't drunk or high at all. I guarantee you. They were just high on fandom. <laughs> okay. It was just phenomenal. So, um, other than that, it's like, I also, of course I can't get out without buying some things out there. So I not only went to, you know, got stuff from New York comic con, I also went to, um, Midtown comics. I feel like now that I know about Midtown comics, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't go down there, but I had a specific mission to go down there mission accomplished. I can't say what that was, but <laughs> I am mission accomplished on that note. Um, but at the con, I was able to get some really cool things. Uh, they had a Gundam base pop-up shop there, and it was awesome. It had a big display of uh, Gundam there. Um, and it also had just like, you could buy Gundam figures as well. I managed to get two from out of there. Well, now, actually one of the Gundams is an exclusive, which by the way, great job, Repop. You finally got exclusives at this event. We got a um, Gundam exclusive uh, model. Uh, you know, figure in there. And then I got another one from the base as well, um, which is from uh, Dragon Ball, uh, not Dragon Ball, Gundam Wing uh, figure as well. So I thought that was awesome. I missed out on the Burning Gundam figure. I really, I really wanted that one. I love Burning Gundam. So, but that was there. And again, that's all going to be shown soon. Um, I got few, I uh, got a hero, my hero Todoroki uh, figure which I think I got that from uh, Kino Kunia, Kunia uh, books, along with the new Gohan figure from uh, Dragon Ball Super, Superhero, which I showed Kyle Hebert, shout out to him. I showed him that figure uh, online. Uh, said like, I gotta look out. <laughs> Cause I already did get a Gohan figure alone, but this was the new version. This is the Gohan beast uh, version from the movie, but well, it's, it's him before that form. But, um, got that and i showed it to him he was he said haha sexy so <laughs> he approves so i got that out there new hats um from the hat vendor shop uh really cool one from jojo's bizarre adventure uh with the with the logo on the top is really dope uh new dragon ball hat my hero academia uh had a todoroki hat as well you know if the more interviews i do you will see these new hats uh being displayed as well so stay tuned for that um, at the Bandai Namco booth, I managed to get the, uh, Captain America tech on Avengers, uh, figure to go with my Iron Man figure. Shout out to, uh, Jeffrey Chamba Cruz as well. Let I acknowledge to that he got, uh, that I got that as well. Um, also went to artist alley primarily to see my man, Ben Harvey as well, who was there and uh, please people, Ben Harvey is dope. 
if you haven't seen Ben Harvey's uh, art style, he's drawn for, he's been on the show like ages ago. I'm going to get him back on eventually, but he's, um, he's done work for uh, Marvel. He actually, his recent one is coming up. I think he's doing a variant for uh, Captain America, uh, the Sam Wilson book that I'm reading right now, which is awesome. So I'm going to look out for that uh, when it arrives. I'm actually going to buy that, uh, the physical version because it's him. Um, but he's also worked for Tokyo Pop. He's done a few mangas and all the stuff. I recently got a print, an awesome print that he did, which uh, it's Jubilee on the Akira bike. So awesome. Follow Ben Harvey, the uh, comic artist. Please do. You will not be disappointed. Actually, I have a lot of his work here as well. I, I you know, he, it's not just that I know him. It's just that I know him and he does phenomenal artwork. Okay. The Spider-Man and Iron Man picture if you guys seen any videos that I did it's hung up right next to me it's just so great so i always like to add on and support him as much as possible uh i also got an sd um grid band figure as well from there uh from that uh deal too so yeah i came oh i forgot to mention the replicas that i got the um i managed to bump in looking for a gift for for one of a uh, friend and acmg member actually here too um i actually caught a booth that had well one my wife got uh these really awesome wakanda uh replica earrings and the proceeds goes all the uh, some of the proceeds of the uh, everything they'd be brought for like the koya bees or whatever um they went to they go to the united negro college fund which i thought was absolutely fantastic of them to do so we definitely i brought her that and then i caught on two replicas of shang chi and the 10 rings i got um one of the rings and then the pendant the j pendant that they wear in the movie i got replicas of that and this really one this really cool one the gauntlet peter parker wore from no way home that dr strange gave him to uh like it was the web slinging uh gauntlet that he gave him that ported all the uh the other you know universe uh versions over to uh the sanctum so i got that that's an actual wearable gauntlet too so i i really made out really well this year for that so i mean overall this event was fantastic i thought it was it, it's just a really great deal and a really great weekend again thank you to repop uh i'm tired as hell but they're probably even more tired um just putting just been from since they started last year putting this all together and just not only this but c2e2 and all the other conventions that they have been doing uh emerald um comic con, uh, con over there too they, they do a lot of more conventions and then some not in this country as well i believe so kudos to them they knocked it out the park i thought they did a great job as well they uh hit home for me this was an amazing uh deal and if you have not gone to new york comic con go out of your way to check this out it was an amazing event you know if i if this is to be my last and my god you know which i don't think it will be but um but if it uh, you know god willing if i don't ever go to another one again i'm at least happy i've been able to do this and everything that i've done with them and it's just been awesome so uh i actually emailed them and just like dude y'all y'all knocked it out the park this is just fantastic i did these experience that's I, I talked about this with my therapist too like you know like these experiences that i have it's like I, I i really cherish these moments because there were times that i didn't know i was gonna be
be alive to see any of this and let alone i didn't know where my life was going in direction to this until i you know took control of it and look where it's got me <laughs> i i couldn't be more happy with everything that has happened this year um not just for repop but also just like everything the opportunities that i've had you know thank everybody for it. it's just been fantastic and this is just another one but i'm telling you man i'm taking a rest after this one because this right here is just <laughs> this one right here just knocked me out i'm i'm ready for the holiday i'm ready to chill for the holiday season i am done all right very last thing there will be no there will be no talk time uh talk topic of the week because technically this is the talk topic of the week but i I would be remiss if I didn't talk about She-Hulk real quick before we end this whole entire show. Um, She-Hulk episode eight was in fact the episode we've been waiting for. And I could not have been more happy of how they handled everything. They packed so much in a half hour of that episode, which gave us Matt Murdock, not only just Daredevil, but also Matt Murdock. And it was so awesome the way they did it. And before this episode came out they showed a trailer and again people the cynical they hate watchers were prejudging this talking about i don't like this comedy side of it i'm like what you just watched the trailer what the hell so when we finally watched episode eight turns out this dude was every bit as the daredevil that we saw from the netflix series i mean it was a little bit of comedy there it was one monumental moment that we'll talk about but other than that was just that was the same charlie cox portrayal of daredevil that we saw and i'm so tired of these cynical hateful bitter you know people that just waste their time just hating on things that if you don't like it don't watch but you're watching because you like it just plain and simple because if you didn't like it you would stop watching a long time ago so there's something about it that you do like enough said <laughs> and i've already had this discussion on why but I got to repeat that a little bit again. Turns out this stupid frog superhero leapfrog or whatever the hell he calls himself, got himself into a situation. He claims that he had faulty uh, gear. Thanks to Luke Jacobson. And it turns out that he uh, he's a very wealthy client that they got to back up. He's one of those rich kids that can that just wants to be a superhero and entitled to things. So Jennifer, Jen, uh, Jen has to represent him against the very person that is making all of her wardrobe. So when we find out, when she tells him, tells Luke that he, um, excuse me, that he has to be, um, you know, that she's representing against him. He, he disowns her in the most funniest way. And so they end up being in court and lo and behold, he, they think that he's going to represent himself. And in fact, he's like, no, I'm not representing myself. And it turns his attorney is none other than Matt Murdock. I thought this was perfect for a lot of reasons. One, it plays right into Matt Murdock's character and what he is. For those who don't know, Matt Murdock is not just any lawyer. He's the lawyer to like, he, he's pretty much doing what Jen he, in the comics. He's the one that's doing what Jen is doing in the comics. Matt Murdock is the guy defending all superheroes and anybody related to superheroes. Just like he did on Spider-Man No Way Home, he defended Peter Parker in this situation. So now we didn't see in the Netflix version because it was kind of his origin story to get to that point. And we never got a chance to see him get to that point. Now we are seeing him get to that point where he is actually defending superheroes. Cause he wasn't before he was still in his origin story up until 
episode uh, three. I mean, season three. But now we're starting to see him branch out and defend more superheroes. First with Peter Parker. Now with Luke Jacobson. And now we have Jen also in the superhero division as well. So these two are just like going back and forth. They're, you know, going against each other. But there's a certain chemistry that's flicking between these two. And I didn't think that they would get to this. But it makes sense because it happened in the comics for those who don't read comic books. They ended up going back and forth, you know, and then he ended up winning the case when they found out that um, this the, the, the leapfrog guy pretty much um, was using jet engine oil or jet fuel to rocket his boots. Luke gave him specific directions on what to do and not to do. So the court, the, the judge uh, awarded Luke with, um, you know, the negligence that this guy did. And Jen is trying to get in back in the good graces of Luke after finding this out. And she's being disowned at the fact. Now, the funny part was, was that how they found out that he was using uh, jet fuel was that Matt, you know, he used the census to sniff out that the, the jet fuel. And one there was one little funny moment where he was like, don't ask me how I know. And he he turned he nodded his head to Luke and Luke was like, uh huh. <laughs> so we, we know that why he, he was able to do that. And that's how the court case really got, you know, handled in that way. So later on, Jen and Matt met up at the bar and they got to kind of, you know, got together and a little something of that nature. But Matt found out that he had something that something came up and he had to go, meaning he had to become Daredevil or whatnot. Jen gets a call later on saying that he, um, he's under attack by Daredevil, apparently. And this is, became a now situation where we get a She-Hulk and Daredevil kind of fight, which was awesome. And come to find out that the the Leapfrog, I think that his name is Leapfrog, um, he ends up kidnapping Luke to make him a better suit. So now he's a villain. Now they have to save Luke from this. And this gives Jen a chance to be back in his good graces. And this was just, this was awesome. This was awesome because we got to see Daredevil, not only in the new suit, but also do things we never got a chance to see him before too. Cause we've seen Daredevil do some awesome things in like small areas, but this is the first time we ever got to see him do flips and all this stuff. And he's like flipping down the building and stuff so we got to see daredevil do more what daredevil has ever done in the actual books i don't think they had the the budget to really do what he did in this episode so and it gave us an idea of what we're going to see in the upcoming you know season of his show so they end up working it became it became a versus to a team up type of situation and is which is classic marvel they end up saving them from the from uh the frog Luke uh, now go, gets back in his in his graces, and these two, you know, congratulate each other on, you know, working together, which then just leads them to actually, pretty much, um, they banged. Pretty, what can I say? So it was awesome, and what was so great about it is because all through these episodes, we kept seeing Jen getting shot down by her everybody she dated or having all these dumb dates, and then we feel like we she finally got her moment being with somebody that we all love and that's Matt Murdock and those two got at it but what really made it hit home 
was that we saw Matt Murdock do the walk of shame in broad daylight saying good morning to somebody as they were spraying their lawn. That moment means everything. My only other cosplay disappointment at New York Comic Con this year, and I got a feeling we're going to see it next year. My only disappointment is that we did not see Walk of Shame Daredevil this year. And normally cosplayers are really quick on an, on on a gun to you know get go get at the situation. I've just maybe I've missed it. I don't know, but man, I would have loved to have seen a walk of shame daredevil if you're listening if you're a cosplayer listening to the show please we need to see walk of shame yellow and red daredevil next year in some form or fashion in any con okay we just need to see it it has to happen that is the best thing ever <laughs> okay so uh absolute kudos to them on doing that because that's one of those monumental moments it i wish it would have ended there but it didn't and it ended up where they you know she's getting you know um the award ceremony that she has to attend to weirdly so multiple women won the award which i thought that was strange but okay maybe that was a part of the setup which uh intelligentsia actually set her up to expose her for everything that she does and he put on this hate video and also we found out that the footage that uh I forgot his name already because you know Matt Murdock and her already shacked up. But the dude that she was dating prior to his that footage got shown. And this was a boiling point. This was a boiling point for Jen. She couldn't take it anymore. And I don't blame her. And this was this is one of those things that kind of re reflects on reality. You know, it's it's cyberbullying pretty much. And she wasn't having it. She ended up hawking out for the first time ever. Um since she became a hawk and she didn't really hawk out that much. She still had some composure and control, but she found out one of the um, intelligentsia guys and tried to, you know, grab him and find him. And then she, for some reason, there was a bunch of people already ready to take her down. Like this whole thing was done. And just, she, you know, broke the fourth wall looking at the screen. It was like, you know, in, in, in total anger, but trying to just grasp to everything. And that's how this uh, episode end. I would, I would say in my opinion, the best episode of all of them mostly because of this even the wong episode was great but this was the one we were waiting for and it lived up and i hope we got one more episode i don't know how they're going to end this i don't know to what end are we going to see hawk king are we going to see a red hawk whatever um even she mentioned that like she's like it, she's not hiding anything like she mentioned are we going to see a hawk in a red or a different type of hawk or something like that we got one more episode left the season finale is next week is this going to be an hour? How are we going to fit all this in? Who is behind this? Is the leader involved with this whole thing? Because we know the leader is coming back. We got almost 24 hours, less than 24 hours to find out, but it's coming. And we'll be talking about that next Sunday on Talk Time Live. But folks, that will do it for this edition of Talk Time Live. Thank you guys very much. I was happy to be able to do that. I had to do this because I couldn't let everything that I went through pass any longer. It's already Wednesday, for God's sake. We're already removed. It's almost been like a week <laughs> since I left last time. And I had to talk about this. But this Sunday, I will be uh, reviewing Mortal Kombat Snowblind. Um, the recent, maybe, could be the best Mortal Kombat animated movie they've come out with so far. 
we'll talk about that and more plus we'll talk about the season finale of she-hulk how this ended and everything and any other news that comes about from this point on so we'll do that there thank you everybody thank you i really appreciate the support the love everything and if you want to continue to support me, go to TalkSomeLive.com. Check out all of the content that I have this episode, all of our audio podcast episodes, all of our video exclusives. Like I said, the video highlights of New York Comic Con will be up there as well as um, a lot of the panel picks and everything will be up there soon. It's hard being a one man department. I will say this. If I had more people to do it, I would do it. But man, this ain't easy. <laughs> but I work hard to have fun. So all that will be up soon on talktomelive.com. If you really enjoy this show and every show and want to never miss a beat, we got you everywhere. Podcasts are played, including Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Popping, TuneIn, Audible, Pandora, Pocket Cast. And of course, if you're on Tumblr, type in talktomelive, you'll find us there as well. So folks, thank you so very, very much really appreciate it and that will do it for me on behalf of myself this is dax xavier josiah saying learn to let go live life and love all things anime comics movies and games this is acmg presents talk time live i am out air take care and have a great day guys Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.